0: today. So, a little uh, background, a little history for you. Um, About a year and a half ago, I heard an amazing sermon, and I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was something like, What I Learned About God From My Dog. Some of you may remember that one. As soon as I heard the title, I knew that one day I was going to be delivering this sermon here today, and it is, pretend like you're just now seeing this, What I Learned About God From Board Games oh man. All right. So, uh, hi, my name's Creed. If you don't know me, I like board games. I like board games a lot. So much so that I'm going to preach on them today and hopefully sprinkle a little Jesus in. Uh, Let's see how it works. Right? So, R in Jesus. I love it. Goals of this sermon. So, uh, first thing, just, uh, just by the sheer nature that I'm talking on this today, I want to show you that all of creation speaks to God's glory, even board games. Um, and you'll find out why here soon enough. Second concept, um, it's just to show how things I've learned from board games also apply to Christianity. I feel like I've seen some fruit in my life because of things that I've learned from board games and applied to my life. And so hopefully you will learn those things too and be better Christians for it. Or if not, you'll kind of see some sort of viewpoint that might help you eventually get on my level. Last thing is, if all else fails, I want to make you a better board gamer, so that way, when I play board games with you, you will be better, and I will have more fun. So not at all selfish. make sure you're taking notes. Conveniently, uh, this sermon is going to be split up over three topics, um, because two's not enough and four's too many. So. We've got to whittle it down. There we go. First thing that I've learned from board games that you need to do in order to be good at board games, and that is read the rule book. Now, that might seem like low-hanging fruit, but you've got to start somewhere, all right? works the same way with Christianity. If you want to be successful in Christianity or with any particular topic within Christianity, you need to read the rule book. Is anybody surprised by this comment? I hope not. Okay. Um, now I, I hesitated making the title of this slide Re- "Read the Rule Book" because that sort of implies that the only way for you to get past this stage is to physically read your Bible, and that's not necessarily what I'm trying to say here. the The important point here: what you're trying to do is you're trying to learn about the game. All right. Nobody in their right mind has ever sat down to a board game they've never, that they're not familiar with, and said, let's just dive in and see what happens. Let's figure it out as we go. That's insane. If you ever do that, I will not play games with you. I will read the book and then teach you how to play it. All right? Uh, You can't play games without knowing how to play the game, and so you can't play Christianity without knowing what's involved with Christianity. Make sense? Um, There is some nuance to this idea, right? It's not enough to just read the words on the page in a rule book for a game, but instead you have to in some way internalize what's going on. It's, it's not enough for, for the people around you to understand what's happening. You need to understand what's happening. All right. If you're, if you're going to play a game, if you're going to play a game well and enjoy yourself while you do it, then you have to know what's going on within that game. And the same, it, it's the same thing for Christianity. If you're going to engage with the faith, then it's, it's up to you to actually understand what's going on. Um, and this is kind of what I'm getting at when I say that reading the Bible is not necessarily the only thing that will get you there, right? Uh, you can look to other sources, see what other people have said about Scripture in order to understand what's going on. Um, and generally, that's a pretty good idea, Right? Find somebody else who can explain it in better terms than maybe what you're, you're seeing in the older language of the Bible to understands what's happening. Um, I threw up some, some scripture here just to kind of, uh, I don't know, if you're confused as to where some of the rules are in the Bible, then we can go here and that can be a starting point for you. Obviously, we have the Ten Commandments. If anybody thinks of Christian rules, you're probably thinking the Ten Commandments as a knee-jerk reaction, at least I would hope um matthew 28 the great commission probably another rule worth looking into um and the last one the book of james i threw up here because i've heard it described as the uh as like christianity 101 like the the beginner's guide to christianity so if you're really confused by what the heck this thing's trying to say maybe start in james right because it lays out things pretty well and yeah it's pretty straightforward Now, uh, I guess in order to relate this to board games a little bit more, I threw up a picture of some pieces here. Does anybody know what those pieces are, besides my wife? They're blue. No, they're not D&D. Fail. No. So these pieces are a game uh, from a game called Carcassonne, all right? Um, it's a fun little game, it's a little tile laying game so as the name suggests, you have tiles and you lay them on a board right? and you're making a nice little map, it's very pretty usually takes like half an hour to an hour to play it's very easy Um, but all, there's like, if I had to guess I'd say there was like two dozen expansions to it and I'm a guy who likes expansions so I bought most of them which is insane because it turns this half an hour to an hour little fun game into like a four to five hour slog of trying to lay tiles. You've got to get like a massive table to put them all out there. You've got all of these pieces going on over here. The base game starts with just these pieces over here, right? But uh, in order to kind of illustrate the point, all of these pieces do something. And if you don't read the rule book, you don't know what they do. Pretty simple. Um, or, obviously, if you just listen to me talk, then I will explain it to you if we ever decide to play a giant game of Carcassonne. It's, it's madness. Don't do it. Um, if you're thinking about getting Carcassonne, I highly recommend it. Very simple game. It's, it's I like to call it like a coffee table sort of game, right? Because you can have conversation, have coffee, do other things while you're playing this game. Just don't buy all the expansions because that's crazy. I don't know why anybody would do that. Next point... I feel like we've uh, beat that one to death, and you all understand it 100% perfectly, so um, next point, strategy versus tactics, all Right now, these words kind of mean the same thing, but I'm going to give them somewhat different definitions, because I'm a math guy, that's what we do, we just assign our own definition stuff, and now we get to use the term however we want, it's pretty cool, you guys should try it out, um, Strategy versus tactics. Uh, all three of these are probably reasonable definitions of what I'm talking about here. Um, strategy is like your long-term plans. Tactics are your short-term plans. Uh, I think the the middle one to me is probably the one that I most agree with: big plans versus small opportunities. Obviously, strategy being your big plans and uh, tactics being your small opportunities. Here, I think when it comes to uh, the when it comes to our faith or when it comes to anything that you might be struggling with about our faith, we tend to think too big, all right? We tend to put everything at a strategic level, at a long-term plan level, when I don't think it's supposed to be that way. And that's why, at least me personally, I've struggled a lot with some of this stuff, not feeling like I see fruit, not feeling like I'm engaging very well with the faith, because I define everything too long-term. When it comes to board games, generally the way that you want to approach a game is that you start with the rule book, say whatever it is, whatever terminology and ideas that it's throwing out there, and that's really going to just define your strategy. And I feel like the game that these cards are from really kind of represents that well. Anybody recognize these cards? Nope. Race for the Galaxy, but close. You get a gold star, I don't know. Um... Race for the Galaxy. Race for the Galaxy is probably one of, it's, it's my most favorite small game, all right? As a connoisseur of fine games, I really enjoy very large games that take a long time. But if I don't have all the time, I like to play Race for the Galaxy, and here's why. Um, Race for the Galaxy is a very tactical game, all right? Um, Race for the Galaxy says that the game ends when one of two things happen. You either run out of victory point tokens or somebody has 12 cards in play. Right, game ends. Count up points. There's your winner. Now, your strategy is probably going to be to accomplish one of those two things. You're either pushing for f- putting 12 cards in play, or you're pushing for getting a bunch of victory point tokens to b- bleed out the bank. Um, and you do that by playing these cards, but. What I'm trying to illustrate here is that the, the general concepts that are found within our Christian faith should probably be defining how you set about strategically looking at how you're going to live, right? Ten Commandments say don't steal, don't murder. Your strategy should probably include something about that. Generally, long term, you don't want to be killing and stealing because it's probably a bad idea. Tactics, however, define how... What was that? I didn't hear it. Um, tactics, however, define, like, what you're going to be doing in your day-to-day life that, that translates or that, that pushes you towards your strategic goals, all right? Um, in Race for the Galaxy, all of these cards have this little cost in the upper left-hand corner, and that's cards that you have to discard out of your hand in order to play them, right? So every time that you play a card, you're losing a few other cards from your hand that you can no longer play, Every decision has heavy tactical uh, is a heavy tactical decision because you're losing other opportunities in order to do this. Um, Obviously, if you haven't seen it or if you haven't uh, figured out a little bit of what I'm saying here, there's some interplay. Your strategy is hopefully going to determine your tactics, and your tactics will reveal your strategy. So what I mean by that is that in this game, right? If your strategy is to play 12 cards, then you probably want to play really cheap ones that cost you less resources, right? So your tactics on any given turn is probably going to be to play the cheapest card in your hand, theoretically, just spitballing in here. Um, In that way, because our strategy is to uh, play cheap cards, our tactics on any given turn is to find the cheapest card and play it. And then you can do anything else for any other strategy that you're looking for. Similar idea, though, in Christianity, like, if you think that your long-term goals for how this faith works has something to do with uh, spitball in here, like homeless people, then on any given day, you should probably be making decisions that lead you towards interacting with homeless people and easing the struggles that they see. Does that concept kind of make sense? I hope so. Um Uh, I guess to, to put it another way, uh, in my mind, this idea doesn't necessarily just work with the faith as a whole or your life as a whole, but can also work with things like, I've used this for prayer to kind of help me, help guide me through how I should be praying, right? Um, I found obviously, a big, ter- big long-term goal of mine is to be a person who prays regularly. Hopefully, that's your, in your uh, list of things to do as well, um, but... You figure it out. I don't know. Um, so for me, every day, then I have to try to find time to pray. Tactically, every day, I've got to like keep doing it uh, in order to be the person who prays regularly. It, it's. It might seem like uh, I'm using a lot of words to explain a simple concept, but it's the point of this. Of uh, this idea is that you uh, is that you strip down. The ideas that you hold about your faith into actions that you can do over the course of a day over the course of a smaller time frame um and some scripture that i had that i wanted to kind of use to illustrate that point is james in james 2 i think that's the right one yeah james 2 which i'll read for you my wife told me that i have to read scripture when i have it in my sermon and i categorically refused so here we go um 14 through 17, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, I don't think, if you are familiar with James, or if you're familiar with that passage, he's talking about how uh, faith without works is dead. I think he just said that in the last part. I don't remember because I kind of saw it in the header. Um, yeah, so faith by itself, it does not have works is dead. James talking a lot about how, how our faith should lead to action. Um, so the passage here that I'm talking about kind of makes this point, but not really. But because it's a good point, I'm going to go ahead and make it anyway. Um, and the idea here is that uh, James says that if somebody around you has need, then you should fulfill that need if you can right? I think that for a lot of us, we think that our Christianity should be about our big, bold actions, right? If you're not a missionary or a pastor, then you're not a Christian. But our Christianity Christianity informs very small actions, and I think that's more of the way that it should be. Or I guess another way of saying it is if you focus on how your Christianity applies to small day-to-day actions, you're going to see a lot more, I'm going to use the word fruit again, because I can't think of another word now, fruit in your life is going to work better for you you're going to have a lot easier time with the game that is christianity if you quit focusing on the big stuff and just focus on the day-to-day all right Uh, and the same thing is kind of true in board games if you quit focusing too much on your long-term plans and just focus on how does what i can do now get me closer to where i want to be you'll you'll enjoy the game a lot more you might even beat me So, Race for the Galaxy, love that game. You guys want to play? Let's go play. Uh, I really enjoy that one. Um, My last point here is just win, all right? How many of you guys recognize the stuff from from this game? My goodness, what is going on with this church that none of you know any of these games? I picked three easy ones so that way you guys would know what they are, and I'm Outrageous. Board game night, new ministry. Um, I just defined my strategic goals. <laughs> win. Seems simple, right? All you have to do to win board games is win them. Um, the, the game that I've chosen here to kind of illustrate this point is a game called Agricola. Agricola is a fun game because it's, it's, again, pretty easy. It's a worker placement game. My wife and I, we like worker placement games. The general idea behind a worker placement game, is you see these little discs, the colored ones, those are workers. You place them. You place them on some sort of action tile. You take that action. Your turn's over. It's nice because we're not like fighting each other directly. Uh, It's more of like a passive-aggressive fight, so it's a great way to sustain a a marriage. Um, But you throw uh, throw the guys up there, take the action, turns over. Now, this down here is probably impossible to read because I'm not good with pictures and making things look nice, but here we are. Uh, this is the scorecard for Agricola. And over the left side, these are a bunch of resources that you can accrue throughout the game, and they're the points that you get for them. Um, if you can't read the exact numbers, the general idea of the game is that you want a little bit of everything. All right? You get penalized for any one thing you don't have. Um, and the way that I see this applying here is that in a game of Agricola, if you've already got 20 sheep, which is outrageous... You should not be taking the sheep action anymore, right? If you've got 20 wood, quit taking the wood action. You have too much. My wife does not understand this game, this part. She takes the wood way too much, and I'm always never able to build the things that I need to build. Um, honey. <laughs> honey, please. That's why we don't play this game anymore. <laughs> uh, so... Same sort of thing, though, can be applied to Christianity. If your actions, if the, if the things that you're doing are not getting you closer to winning whatever, to winning Christianity, whatever that means, then quit doing those things. Um, I like to see life and or Christianity as a sort of game, a sort of resource management game, if you will. Um, if you don't understand what a resource management game is, it's a game where you're given some resources and you have to manage them. In Christianity, see, it's really nice in board games because we name things that mean exactly what they are. It's so easy to understand what's going on. Uh, I think in life, you're given a resource, let's call it time, and you have to manage that resource in order to win whatever you define that is. For the most part, we would probably define that as drawing closer to God or doing God's will in your life or something along those lines. Um, and so if you find as you're going through life if if the time that you are spending is not drawing you closer to god then why are you spending that time in that way it's a difficult concept to understand if only because most of the time when we have things that drain our resources we have some sort of emotional investment in them and don't want to give them up it's being human Um, but if you, if you can, you should take a step back and look at the things that you spend your time on and try to really think about whether or not they're bringing you closer to God or pulling you away um, or whether or not they're bringing others closer to God or pulling them away as well. Again, it's, it's, a very, uh, it's, a very, it's one that people tend to have an emotional reaction to because we like doing things. We don't like change. Um, But the scripture that I wanted to throw out here for this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, um, conveniently enough, I think Rebecca mentioned this scripture a couple weeks ago, so you're going to hear it again, uh, 19 through 27. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians for the first time. Um, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them to the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews to those under the law I became as one under the law though not myself being under the law that I might win those under the law to those outside the law I became as one outside the law not being outside the law of God but under the law of Christ that I might win those outside the law to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some I did it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings If we can relate it to something that maybe some of you have had some experience with, in a race when you are running, you don't get bonus points for jumping jacks. So it would be silly to consider doing jumping jacks in the middle of the race. In board games, you don't get, action, or you don't get points for actions that don't give you points. And in Christianity, you don't draw closer to God by doing things that don't draw you closer to God. So if you define that to be your win, then go for it. This is probably the thing that I've seen happen a lot with board games, especially people who are new. It's okay sometimes when you're new to a board game to like, not completely get the hang of it. You know, I'm not trying to like, shame you for that part. But playing with people that play them regularly, approaching a game and not actually going for the win, that's when you trip up the most. When you're taking actions just for the sake of it, when you're going through motions just to have something to do, it's when you're not doing well. So try to recognize that as it's happening or shortly after it's happened, and hopefully you will do better. Um, this, these concepts, I think, when, when taken together, can help you to really evaluate things that are going on in your life and push you towards what you think you should be doing. I use a lot of, I I use some of this cloudy phrase like what you think you should be doing and what you think should be happening because I can't necessarily define for you what it means to win Christianity. As I've mentioned, I believe that it means drawing closer to God, so that's what I'm trying to do. But you're welcome to have different ideas as long as you, I don't know, apply some of these concepts to hopefully help you accomplish those goals quicker. Um, But generally, you want to... Spend time learning about what's going on, seeing how that can apply in a long-term way, trying to figure out how day-to-day actions can get you closer and then do them. Um, In my mind, that is the shortest cycle that you can take to make yourself a better Christian. And that's what I've got for you. Are there any any questions? I can't hear you. I can only hear that you talked. What's your favorite board game? So I have a two-way tie. Um, and they're both massive, so I'm glad that you asked, because now I get to talk about my real love in life, and that is board games. Um, first one is called Twilight Imperium. Have you guys ever heard of it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. So, the movie? Twi- yes, it's based on Twilight the movie. Not at all. No, not, not even close. It's a space game. It takes like 12 hours to play. 12 hours to play. I'm going to say it again, because I don't think you heard. 12 hours to play. Straight through. You block out a Saturday, you do it. The great part about that game is that it's a space game and you have to build up like fleets of ships. It takes you like four hours to do that. So by the time you get a fleet of ships worth doing anything, your brain's putty and you don't know what you're doing, right? So it's chaos. It's just unadulterated chaos. The other one is Civilization, the board game, because there are legitimately four different ways to win. I've seen a lot of games advertise that idea, but it's not that. Civilization is the only one I've seen, Um, general concept is there's like four different tasks that you can do, and if you do any one of them, you win the game, right? It's not like four different ways to make points and then whoever has the most points wins. No, that's garbage. It's four different ways to win. Uh, And I am, for some reason, very good at that game. One time, I got to choose between three different ways on one turn. It's very impressive. I had done enough actions in three categories to decide which way I wanted to win. That's how good I am at board games. So please come play board games with me, the real point of this sermon. Thank you. I hope that that was practical for you. Thank you, Creed.